Hey, this is the coach, Brendan, sir. Wanted to share with you our coaching you videos have just come out. And I'm telling you, one of the best investments you'll ever make in your career as a program, ordering them for your school, these were the best speakers we've ever had. 15 different lectures from some of the best coaches in the world. 11 people that have coached in the NBA. $249 for a limited time only. And I can't emphasize limited only. $249. Order them at coachingyoulive.com, our normal website, or coachingyou.tv. Coachingyou.tv. Either place, get to them. Make sure you get your videos before the price increases. I wanted to announce a new partnership between Coaching You and Inner Zone Sports. You know, for a long time, one of the intangibles by coaches and athletes is team chemistry. And it's a major factor all the time in whether a team has success or failure. When the folks from Inner Zone came to me at Coaching You and said, we can even help your team, I was all ears. And what we did is we took a quick assessment, two to four minutes each person, and we were stunned by what we found out about ourselves and our team. You owe it to yourself to find out what Interzone can do for your team. It's the simplest and fastest and most accurate software available to measure team chemistry. I highly recommend, without any reservation, the use of Interzone with your team, whether you're a middle school, high school, college, or professional team, to help take you to the next level. For further information, go to coachingyoulive.com slash inner zone that's i-n-n-e-r-z-o-n-e hey this is the coach brendan sir with another edition of our coaching you podcast and i'm excited today because i get to talk about someone i care a lot about uh my partner uh, in coaching you for years and and now he's going rogue on us and he's going to become an author and his book is coming out in two days on August 10th and I'm so excited for him. I'm one of only four people that's gotten an advanced copy of it and I and I don't sell sh- this uh, lightly is that I you know you know I promo all of John Gordon's books but this book is out of sight. And it's tr- if you're a business leader, a coach, anyone, a parent, it, 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 just a performer, it can really help you get to the next level. And I think you're going to love Kevin Eastman's new book. You know, And I think one of the things you find out is why the best are the best. You'll find out why he's one of the best. So after this break, come back and you'll hear from Kevin. Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. 
Fast Model is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. As promised, uh, my longtime friend and partner, Kevin Eastman, uh, you know, has, you know, I, I think has been on a project for over a year of writing a book. And Kevin, so glad you could join us today. Thanks, Brendan. Um, yeah, it's probably been over a year, but it's probably been uh, in my head for about 30 plus years. Wow. So um, the actual writing of it, yes. You know, so when when you decide, uh, you know, you're you were a, bas- a tremendous basketball player. You were a terrific coach and that an NBA executive even. And then you decided, uh, you know, that you wanted to kind of put that behind you, if that's a fair expression, and say, I want to do more. I want to do something different. Talk to me about the decision to become a speaker, full-time speaker and then an author. Well, I think both are probably the same answer that I would give. And that's, um, I, I think as we evaluate our lives as we get older, um, two words in particular constantly resonate with me. And um, that's impact and sharing. And... Uh, in terms of sharing, that's what the book's all about. That's what all the clinics are all about. That's what you do with, with coaching you live in the summer. Right. So uh, just sharing um, all the experiences that we've had the good fortune of, of, of being involved in. Um, but the impacting is one where I've put a lot of thought. When you're a coach, you probably have uh, a chance to impact the 15 players on your team uh, and maybe some of the other coaches. And I just kept thinking, um, I've been so fortunate in my career and had those experiences, have learned so many lessons, have been around so many high-performing athletes and uh, people in the corporate world that uh, I think I can impact more people. Mm -hmm. And the only way I can foresee doing that is is getting in front of more people. And uh, that's where the the speaking uh, aspect of things came in. You know, uh, I think, you know, what happened uh, when we started on a path, you know, 10 plus years ago of trying to help. And and, I mean, you and I, when we first started coaching you, there was no uh, amazing game plan of uh, to get rich. We both had full time jobs and all we were trying to do is contribute to the basketball coaching game and help develop, especially assistant coaches at the time. And there was so much satisfaction in helping others. And then I think uh, the more you spoke, the more you you saw, and and frankly, also on Twitter, when you have you know thirty something thousand followers and people saying, "God, this was helpful." This little statement you made, this little bullet point, I, I think it's it, you've it's just so such a great feeling, correct? Yeah, and and the feeling is one of satisfaction that you, you helped. Mm -hmm. Um, that's for sure. Uh, 
one of the feelings. And then the other feeling that comes in is, boy, I hope they can take this and, and, and really maybe even get to where they want to go faster and better than, say, I was able to climb my ladder. Right. You know, when you, uh, you know, I love the title, uh, you know, George Raveling, uh, our great friend, the best, <laughs> I wish I could read thousands of a book that he does a year, <laughs> the guy, uh, he, I love titles and I love the title of your book, Why the Best Are the Best. How did you come up with that? Well, I've always had this kind of uh, insatiable desire to figure out how did people get to where they got in their lives? You know, I travel a lot. I'm in airports a lot. And uh, many times I'll just sit uh, to the point where I can watch the hallways and watch all the people go by. And there's always one question in my mind. Uh, I wonder what their story is mm. and how they arrived where they are today uh, in their lives. So that's just something that's been inside me uh, the whole time. And, you know, I didn't uh, the book itself. I didn't write this to win any literary awards. I I wrote it hoping the reader finds a number of things to insert into their lives and, and maybe they actually win their own awards, uh, being the most improved in their office, uh, getting the job that they always wish they could have, uh, being father of the year uh, in their neighborhood. Whatever the award is, uh, it, 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 that was my intent to try and see if I could help people and provide them. You know, the best are the best for a reason. And I've studied what those reasons are, both in the athletic world and now with my speaking uh, in the corporate world. I've, I've been fortunate to have uh, an upfront, uh, first row, close seat to see why the best are the best. And I, I really believe this, Brendan. I strongly believe there's more inside each of us. And, and sometimes we just don't know how to get it out. We want to, but we just don't know where to start, uh, let alone how to get there. And, and so many people, I think, and, and you would probably agree, are just on this treadmill, uh, I guess we call it life, but this, this treadmill that many times is an incline treadmill. And they, they haven't made the time to just sit down and think about this thing that I call the success climb. And, and that goes for coaches, leaders, teams, organizations, uh, employees. Uh, so I wanted to write a book that could address the, the, this challenge uh, that sports teams have, corporate teams have, coaches have, leaders have, and just that employee, like I said, who walks into the office each and every day. So I put a lot of thought to the, the concept of growth, development, and improvement um, to just figure out uh, why the best are the best. And in particular, uh, I've I've always wanted to write a book that could simplify simplify a plan. You know, you said uh, you know we had no game, big game plan going into coaching you live, and it kind of that kind of goes hand in hand with a philosophy that that I've shared with a lot of people that success lies in the simplicity, mm -hmm. confusion lives in the sophistication. So um, I'm trying in this book to give people an idea of what most successful people do to become successful. Um, and try and do it in such a way that it's a simplified, simplified yet impactful plan that they can insert into their lives uh, with actionable ideas, concepts, and strategies. So that kind of was a little bit of why I did what I did and, and 
and and centered the book around the words. Well, you know, and I and I I was just going to go there. I absolutely, uh, you know, love words, and I love that you started out the book with twenty five power words. I remember at one point probably 10 months ago when you and I were talking, you said, I got it narrowed down. I'm at about 94 words now. <laughs> you know what I remember? And uh, how did you get down to these 25? Well, I guess I first have to say you are one of only four people that I've really gotten to to look at the book uh, uh, so far. Um, so uh, you kind of have an idea of, of, of what's in there. But um, these are words that the best of the best, what I have found in my uh, research, observations, discussions, debates, um, uh, just being around the best of the best, these are the words that they don't just have in their vocabulary because the reader will find out, oh, that I, I, I know that word. Well, what we know and what we insert into our lives are two different things. So what I always say about these words is, uh, these are words that the best of the best don't just have in their vocabulary. They live these words every day. They live them. They don't just have them. And uh, the book, although it will use examples of people that maybe the reader will say, well, I can't relate to that person. I've never thought that way. I, When I read about someone's success, I don't care if I can ever buy the same house that Kobe Bryant has or if I can travel the world like a George Clooney does, I don't, I, it's not about, can I relate to them? It's whether I can learn from them. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I use the stories so that there can be lessons there that people can take because Kobe Bryant didn't start out being Kobe Bryant. He just had that name. And, uh, you know, all of the things that we see under the bright lights took place under the dim lights of a gym uh, with no air conditioning. So what are the lessons we can take? Um, because to me, the best part of the book is that the reader will get like real life examples from a, a lot of people they've seen on TV performing at like really high levels. But to me, the very best part is these, these high performing people we see on TV, they don't have a monopoly on these words. They don't own them. Uh, so they're available to all of us if we'll simply insert them into our lives and, and, and commit to them each day. You know, uh, as you were saying that, uh, as we're recording this uh, today, uh, one of the great college football coaches is undergoing some scrutiny, and I'll let him be nameless today. Uh, but as I look at your words, what I wanted to mention to people is that the very best people in the world, uh, you know, they can make mistakes, but these 25 power words can be the reason that you either excel or uh, go into a decline. And, you know, I, I look at the very first word that you have is truth. <laughs> and sometimes if you don't tell the truth, uh, it can be your downfall or choices that we make. Uh, all those things, trust and different things. So I, I think the words are powerful, and yet your title, whether you're president of the United States or the head football coach at a major school or an NBA coach, it doesn't really matter. You, Those are incredible guidelines that if you don't act upon them, it can really cost you. 
Yeah, 100%. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, the way I use these words, and I carry these words with me every single day. They're in my briefcase. In a, uh, actually, I, I've been carrying it forever in a blue folder. And um, to me, the way I look at these words are they are quick hit reminders that allow me to uh, reset my mindset. And uh, they're not words that uh, you use every second of every day, but when they, when they insert, when situations insert themselves into your life and one of these words uh, can help you get through that particular situation, that's when they become most powerful. But um, what I often say to people is uh, the reason I believe the words are, are so powerful uh, and how you can make them powerful for yourself in particular, how you can make them powerful for yourself is, um, and that's what I want the book to do is, is to, to stimulate people's thinking so that they may pick their own words. They may have 20 of mine and seven others of their own, but I want them get, I want to get them started on this, this, this journey of kind of self-reflection of, okay, how, what is important to me? So what I tell people is you got to, uh, words really work for you when you choose them. Define them, live them, and then here's where the magic comes in. If you do the first three, they end up becoming who you are. Yeah, I, I was looking at, and I don't mind this, you know, one of the words that you have is one of my favorite words for people is humility. <clears throat> and, you know, our mutual friend Tony Bennett at Virginia uh epitomizes that I think and and one of the things that stands out about me is you know, to about Tony to me is this year when he lo- as the number one seed the number one team in the country and he loses to a 16th seed uh, UMBC and the humility that he handled it with afterwards was to find who he is and you're 100% right and and I I think that's he walked the walk talked to talk the whole deal and that's why I think you aptly named these. They're power words. They're just not words. They're power words. I, I love them, Kevin. And you, when you read, did your research and you interviewed people, sometimes they gave you definitions of the word, correct? Yeah, yeah. That was one of the things that, that was uh, almost question number one. I wanted them to define these words for me in their own words. And and what what are some of your favorite definitions that people oh, share man. with you? There's there's so many of them. Let me give you like seven or eight. No, uh, well the first one is that what I think is the most powerful word in in all of success, and we've talked a little bit about it. And that's the word truth. And Doc Rivers has a, a great statement, and he used to say this to our teams. He said the average players want to be left alone. The good players want to be coached. The great players want to be told the truth. And you can insert players for employees. Mm -hmm. You can insert the word players for emerging leaders in the corporate world. The best of the best, they want to hear the truth. Um, Brad Stevens talked about the word intentional. And it's a very basic sentence, but it's really powerful. It's not about what you want. It's about what you do every day. (laughs) So each and every day you wake up, what are you intentionally going to do to become who you've always wanted to become, uh, fulfill the dreams you've always had as a little kid, and reach all the goals you've set as an adult. Uh, and Brad kind of 
just puts that into a nice, neat, neat package. Nice, neat package. Uh, you know, there's one guy I never got to meet, but it, and I wasn't going to do this, but it just, it spoke to this word, and that's the word preparation. Mm. And it's a quote from Mark Twain. And he was uh, said to have said, prepare for the future because that is where you're going to spend the rest of your life. And that, I mean, that's so aptly true. Uh, one of my favorite that kind of just jumped out and I wasn't ready for, I've gotten a chance to, to know PJ Fleck, the, the head football coach at Minnesota. Right. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a fireball Love and, uh, he's full of intensity and positivity and all. So, uh, I asked him to define passion and he immediately said, when love and purpose collide. Wow. Is that great? That's, I love it. Yeah, when love and purpose collide. And then I'll give you two more because they're kind of really quick, but they they really uh, are powerful. Mike Rhodes, who you know, actually you just yep. recently spoke to their team and staff. Uh, uh, but Mike defined urgency the following way. Every day I have to make sure we give a damn. <laughs> Isn't that really good? That's uh, that's Mike, and and he lives it. You're a hundred percent right. Yeah. Love so that. I'll give you one more, uh, one that people probably wouldn't even thought uh, I would be around. But there is a there was a young girl who was a championship surfer over in Hawaii. Mm. Her name is Bethany Hamilton, and uh, people may know and maybe have seen the documentary on her. A shark bit her arm uh, right up by the shoulder socket, bit it off. And uh, she had the strength and the courage uh, uh, after she healed to go right back and do the thing that she really loves to do, which is surfing. And she's a championship level surfer. So uh, I asked her because to me, I wouldn't have even gotten close to that water. Uh, so I said, you must have some form of courage. And this was the statement. Courage doesn't mean you get afraid. Courage means you don't let fear stop you. Ooh. What if we, what if we all lived that way? How about that? I love that. Yeah, yeah. So I can go on and on with some of the things and some of the stories, and because it just opened my mind that uh, look, we're we're all trying to get somewhere in our lives, and sometimes we don't publicly proclaim that because we're afraid that we might not get there and it will look bad uh, for for us. Uh, but I hope what the book brings out is that no matter if you're a CEO, uh, a VP, uh, a manager, uh, a starter on a championship organization, a basketball team, it doesn't matter. Um, we, we all have roadblocks. We all have challenges. We all have issues. And I think what the book does, at least it, it's done it for my life, it's allowed me to uh, get beyond those. And it also has allowed me to understand they're going to happen. So, you know, some people I know are shocked by something wrong happening. It's going to happen. It's happened to everyone, no matter how successful they are. So the words are allowed, gives us a chance to either fight through it, maybe even avoid it. But if it does happen, we can reset our mindset through these words and lists and success triangles, because it's, the book is more than just words. Kevin, uh, you know, 
and and I I love the whole way the book was put together. But just to finish off what we're talking about words, uh, because why are words so important in your life? Well, it's I I I think they can set a course for us. They can create a mindset for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, they can they can reset. Uh, a mindset that might have gotten out of whack or, or, or astray. Um, but the, the, the power is the words have to be your words and they have to be words that, that have an impact uh, on you when you hear them or when you actually execute them or even when you think about them. So, um, and the other thing is it goes along with my uh, philosophy of, of simplifying things. Uh, Look, the world is filled with clutter. It's an incredibly fast-paced uh, world. We want things uh, either yesterday or the day before. We never want them tomorrow. So there's a lot of internal pressure and external pressure on us. There's a lot of uh, uh, demands on our time uh, that how can we keep ourselves moving in the direction that we want to go and hopefully get to where we want to get to. And for me... It is these 25 words, and there's one or two, uh, as you'll see in the book, one of the other important words for me is try, T-R-Y, try. It's not one of the 25 words, but it's a critical word uh, for me is just to, to try, to make the effort, because so many of us simply uh, are afraid to start. And uh, usually the most successful people they start at the start. They try. Um, so that's what that's why the words are are important to me um, because you know what they do. They're almost like two hands in my back, continuing to push me forward. Mm, I love that. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Doctor Dish. Doctor Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high tech and durable basketball shooting machines. On the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of Coaching You for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to Dr. Dish. Basketball.com or follow them on Twitter at Dr. Dish B Ball. Kevin, uh, one of the things that when you speak, and you know, and I was writing something up about some of the videos that we do, and one of the things I, I tried to simulate how many times I probably have heard you speak in the last 10 years, and I think it was over 30 times, you know in business and not just coaching you in different settings. And so 
I probably have heard you speak more than uh, your terrific wife Wendy has, but uh, uh, but and and have enjoyed it. And uh, one of the things that I love about your when you speak is your you you teach through telling stories, and I think that's so powerful. Uh, you know, you have worked with great people, uh, and you've worked with great players. And why don't you sh- why you know talk about you know how you sh- how you used your stories that they apply to that from the sports world or the business world and how those applications take place in our world life. Yeah, I think, um, as you know, when I first started speaking, it was all about get out as much content as I can get 700 bullet points out there. Well, I found out that's not how most people, uh, retain things. And if in fact we're trying to impact people, a big part of that process is retention once they leave us. So hence, uh, storytelling. And, um, you know, I had an opportunity to, to, um, to speak with people, uh, outside of the sports world, but yet people who have, uh, become a part of my life. And, um, uh, one, one person in particular, I'll, I'll just tell one of the stories in the book. It's a gentleman by the name of Carl Liebert. And um, uh, Carl has been a friend for a long time, uh, and I've learned a lot from him because he has he has really lived most of his working career uh, up in that C-suite level of things. Right. And um, uh, Carl works for uh, USAA, and that's kind of the uh, the way he explains it: the mission-based company that serves our military by providing financial services uh, to help the. Uh, the military uh, become financially secure. So uh, um, what he does is he feels that he's got a responsibility as a senior executive to, and this is really neat. You'd love this to learn something new each year that can impact the entire organization. What if every leader did that? How about that? Yeah. So just to learn something that he can then share with his teammates, uh, his team to create a, a, a larger uh, impact on, on the military community that he serves. And one of the things he does is he goes to what he calls summer school. He takes four days uh, of his vacation and he goes, he takes a deeper dive into some type of subject. Uh, you know, he's, he's visited Amazon, Google, Tesla, Microsoft, all the big ones, but he's also he also went like to, to Stanford Design School to study something I have no idea what it is. Uh, hum, he said human-centered design. And he felt that he could bring that back uh, to the organization uh, through his summer school, uh, in essence, his own summer school class uh, that, that he creates. But what he did is, and this is the interesting part, he tied it into a he, – he attended the Naval Academy. And he tied it. He kind of tied it into a philosophy that uh, uh, that is somewhat, as he says, nautical. And uh, the reason he does this is he said, "A rising tide lifts all boats." So if 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 he can come in and create this tide of learning, then it can raise everybody in the organization to a higher level of per- performance, individual performance, which ultimately will lead to, uh, as he believes a higher level of corporate production. So, um, you know, and then even Beth Mallins, uh, the, the sportscaster, 
she was the first female to call a nationally televised network, nationally televised NFL football game. And um, she talked about how in her early childhood, uh, that's she said, I had no option B. This is what I wanted to be. And I was going to do everything I could and try and learn everything I could to get there. And uh, I bring her up in the uh, uh, in the word sacrifice. And I asked her about that word, and she said something pretty interesting. She said, well, I, I know you want me to talk about sacrifice, but I like to call them deposits because when you're passionate about something, when you really love something that you want to do, it doesn't feel like you're giving anything up, so it's not a sacrifice. And I thought, wow. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So um, so her big thing is she never wants to walk in a, uh, in a studio or in that booth that is dominated by men uh, without being the most prepared person in that room. That's, fa- that's fabulous. Yeah. Uh, let me, let me throw one at you. Uh, and what did, what did Kevin Garnett teach you? Cause when you got him as a player with the Celtics, you, you played against him before, but you really didn't know him. Right. So what did he teach you? Gosh, so many things. Uh, you know, I've had a couple of people say, uh, I should kind of create a talk for the corporate world on uh, Garnett lessons because there really are so many that apply. Uh, the first one is he taught me about uh, uh, making sure that your actions match your words. You know, he talked about effort. He talked about hard work. He talked about resiliency. Um, but each and every day he lived those words. So not only did he, as a matter of fact, he was more of an example leader than he was a verbal leader. Mm-hmm. And um, it really got me to to truly understand the impact of that word example. Uh, to me, it's, it's, it's maybe the most important aspect of leadership that, that's out there. Do you, basically what I always tell leaders is, um, Live your day the way you want those you are leading to live their day. Uh, if it's a day of sacrifice, you know, if, if you want them to sacrifice, they got to see you sacrificing something. If you want them to work hard, they got to see you working hard. If you want them to communicate, they got to see you getting out of the office and communicating with people. So, uh, Kevin, you know, the, the best thing about Kevin is, and this is a great leadership trait, he will never demand of anyone he leads more than he will demand of himself. So he's never going to ask someone to do something that he doesn't do equal to and maybe with greater intensity and passion than uh, the person he's leading. So they'll see it every day. And, you know, I tell some stories in the book about, you know, that one that I always tell in the, in a lot of the clinics about Kevin getting kicked off of a kick or removed from a practice drill and he refused to remove himself. So he went to the other court and mimicked everything we were doing on the real drill court. Uh, because as he said, uh, if you want to kick Kevin Garnett out of a drill, you have to kick him out of the gym. <laughs> so uh, he, does, he, he, he kind of taught me uh, this concept that I now have called unrequired work. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, we've, I have this thing I call the myths of success. And one of the myths, these are things we've been told since we were little kids, that if we do these things automatically, this will be the result. 
And one of the myths is that if you work hard, you can get anywhere you want to go. Well, that's not true anymore because hard work now has become the price of admission. And uh, just to get in the door, you have to work hard. So if that's the given, what is the separator? And the separator is doing the unrequired work. That's how you really advance your career. That's one of the reasons why the best are the best. They don't just work hard. They do the unrequired work. Yeah. Kevin, let's do this. I love this. Uh, you've had so many fascinating players that you've worked with, coaches, owners, etc. Let's do a quick, uh, you know, minute or so on these people, if we can. Doc Rivers. Um, incredible human being. Uh, has the curiosity gene that I call the curiosity gene. Um, he's a lifelong learner. Um, he uh, believes in, in, in forming relationships in order to, to eventually uh, uh, ask people to do maybe a little bit more than they think they can do. Uh, like you always say about leadership, it's the ability to take people where they could not have gotten without you. And, and Doc is able to do that through his relationship building. Um, to me, uh, he's an incredible coach. Uh, I learned uh, day about four minutes into the very first day I was around him that I needed to bring a pen and paper with me every single day. And I'm telling you, this is the truth. There was never a day in practice or in meetings where I didn't pick up a little nugget the way he said something, one of his what I call docisms. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's beautiful. That's who Doc is. He's he's uh, you know if no matter what he asked me to do, uh, provided it was legal, <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> and of course, he would only ask me that. Hey, uh, okay, let's go. CP three, Chris Paul, uh, amazing talent. You had him for, with the Clippers for about five years or so. Uh, talk about him. What what were his qualities that were ex exemplary? Well, he put in the work. First of all, he was an, and, and this is really a common theme. Uh, the best are the best for a reason, and one of the reasons is um, they're going to work at it, and mm -hmm. they're going to study it, and they're going to be knowledgeable about it. Um, and uh, Chris may be one of the hardest playing stars that there is in the game. I mean, there were times, Brendan, where you were almost like cringing because he was trying so hard to physically get over a, a, a screen. Um, and you know how the NBA is. Sometimes these veterans, they'll figure out, okay, let me go under the screen this time and avoid the contact. But that's not who Chris is. And, um, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that you, he, I, I feel bad for because like even this year with Houston, Right. You know, maybe, maybe it's a different story if he's healthy. But um, but what I like about him is even though he has the bad luck, he'll come back again. He'll pick himself up and he'll come back again. And he's going to come at you and come at you. Um, he's a uh, – if you're going to play on a team that, that he's on and he's in a leadership position, he's going to demand a lot out of you. It's, it's not going to be a, a – uh, a skate through situation if Chris Paul is one of your leaders. What about uh, Ray Allen? I know he's one of your favorites. Yeah, because uh, Ray epitomizes the word 
preparation. Right. And um, everyone talks about uh, how lucky that shot was that he made against San Antonio uh, uh, that basically won, won Miami the, the uh, NBA championship uh, because they went on to win the next game and win the title. Right. But if, if, if people can recall, uh, LeBron took the shot from the, the top of the floor on the left side of the floor, right in front of Miami's bench, missed it. Chris Bosch got the rebound. As Ray saw Chris, Chris in the air, uh, definitely going to secure the basketball, Ray knew he had to get behind the three-point line. And the quickest way to do that was to sprint backpedaling uh, to get there. So Chris kicks it out to Ray. Ray shoots it, swish which is kind of the sound you always hear when Ray shoots the ball. But anyway, it, it went in. Uh, and if you remember, the Miami security, they had already put the, uh, you know, the nail in the coffin in an NBA championship game is what? It's that yellow tape they put around the floor yeah. so that nobody can run onto the floor. They already had the yellow tape on the floor or around the floor. And Ray hits the shot and they end up winning in overtime. <laughs> and my, my point is this, why he epitomizes preparation he actually did a drill where he, he mimicked that exact same movement. He would start in the middle of the, 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 the free throw lane, and then he would speed backpedal to somewhere behind the three-point line. Myself or Mike Longabardi, one of our other coaches, we would throw him the ball. Ray would shoot it. Then he'd run back in, turn, speed backpedal to another part. So you see, Ray had already been there thousands of times. And I get back to the best are the best for a reason. And that's one of the reasons Ray is one of the best, well, if not the best shooter ever to play the game. Right. Because he puts time into it. He's there well before that shot's ever taken in the game. I wanted to ask you about two non-players. One, our friend Lawrence Frank, who is now, you know, in charge of the team. But talk about, (laughs) you have so much to say about him, but... What about what makes Lawrence so special? Well, first of all, he's a non-player in both definitions. He <laughs> literally cannot play a lick on the basketball floor. That's number one. Uh, and non-player is that he is—he was a manager under Bobby Knight at the University uh, of Indiana. Right. And uh, he knew that he wanted to go there because then this is who Lawrence is. He's an insatiable learner. Uh, he knew if he went to coach work under Coach Knight, he would learn about the game and become have a chance to become what he's always dreamed of becoming, and that was a coach. And if you know Lawrence's background, uh, you know not a good player was a manager, not even a player, not even like the fifteenth player on a team. He was a manager at Indiana University, and he became a head coach in the NBA, and now he's the president of basketball operations with the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, the one thing with Lawrence is an incredible work capacity. Um, I don't, he's just one of those unique guys that can stay at the top of his mental game with very little sleep, very little rest. It's just, he's wired that way. But he's, uh, as I said, he's an insatiable reader, uh, reader. he's an insatiable uh, learner. His curiosity antennas are up at all times. Uh, But the best thing that I think uh, I've learned from Lawrence is he doesn't care where the lesson came from if it's a lesson that uh, can help him in in his what he's doing in his life. 
he doesn't have the ego where the lesson has to come from a famous person. Uh, he doesn't have the ego where the lesson has to come from someone who's got a title above his. He does not care. He just wants to learn. Um, and, and then uh, he's just a giving person. Uh, I mean, he's willing to give all of his knowledge uh to really just about anybody who asks. The problem now is his time is so tight, he can't do as much of that anymore. So really what, you know, the, the, the people who are working for him, uh, with him and underneath him in the Clipper organization, they're really lucky because Lawrence is like Doc. You need to bring your paper and pen every day because he's going to either say something, do something, or tell you about something he learned from someone else. So you're, you're, it's a daily school day That's when awesome. you work for Lawrence. I love that. And, and you had a unique opportunity uh, with the Clippers under new ownership to work for one of the all-time great Hall of Famers in business, and Steve Ballmer, who was one of the co-founders of Microsoft. <clears throat> what, tell us about Steve. Uh incredible positive energy when he walks into the room well first of all you hear his voice uh, and I don't even think he knows uh, uh, I don't call it a loud voice some people would I just I just call it an energetic voice I mean he's so positive um, yet he's he's incredibly humble I remember the very first uh, dinner we had um, and I might get some people in the room wrong, but we met in a, uh, a you know, a really nice restaurant uh, in uh, Beverly Hills. And Steve came and it was uh, Chris and Blake. I think DJ might have been there. Matt Barnes, myself, Dave Wool, who was the GM at the time. Doc uh, was there. Um, and one of the early things uh, uh, Steve said was, hey, guys, look. This is this is a new part of my life right now. Uh, I don't know everything there is to know about being an owner. So I need you guys to teach me. And you just have to trust me. Uh, my learning curve is quick. I am going to study this to the point where I, I, I'm going to end up being a, a, the owner that you'd like to have. But just think of that. Here's the former CEO of Microsoft who everybody in the world would love to spend three minutes left, let alone have a two-hour dinner. And then the first thing out of his mouth is he says, I don't know it all. I mean, he epitomized that word you said you love, humility. Um, And then uh, the other thing, the word that probably describes him the most is the word he uses a lot, relentless. I mean, if he gets knocked down, he's coming back. If he gets pushed aside, he's going to get uh, figure a way to get back in the race. If he fails, he's going to learn from it and then try and do better the next time. Um, uh, so, I mean, he's the type of leader I think um, everybody, uh, certainly every everyone in sports, they, they'd like to have him because he's he's also willing to invest in in success. Yeah. He understands that that success does cost in pro sports. Kevin, the last thing I wanted to touch on, because uh, this book has excited me like few have, is uh, where you share 
uh, and I'm not going to have you go into them, but I'd love the concept that you took success triangles and you did 10 groups of threes. Uh, talk about simplicity and a great way to learn and all kinds of different areas. Where'd you come up with that idea to group like that? That was fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, you know, for some reason, my mind works in threes uh, and sometimes fours. As you know, I'm a real bullet point uh, right. type guy. Uh, again, it gets back to this thing of uh, there's there's so much information out there. There's there's a lot of clutter in our lives. The pace is incredibly fast in in all of your listeners' lives. So how can we simplify this this concept of of climbing the ladder, getting to where we want to go? And one of the ways was for me to just simplify it with, um, uh, like I said in the book, the success triangles, uh, trying to keep it in, in, in groups of three. Um, so, uh, and this is something that the, my editor and I uh, talked about, you know, how can we get this uh, to be, uh, to stay with my philosophy of success lives in simplicity, confusion uh, lives in sophistication. So this was one of the ways that, that, that we came up with. Um, to present these ideas, because as I said, the book is more than just the 25 power words. Um, it's, it's, it's about other ways you can organize your success plan uh, to, and I keep using this term, to get to where you want to go. And that's for an individual, a leader, a coach, a player, or a company. We all have places we want to go in those different areas. Uh, so the triangles are a simple way uh, to help us get there. Like the three gaps, the first top triangle, I believe, is the, the three gaps. Um, uh, the, probably the biggest gap is the, the capability gap. So many people have achieved in their life, but it's not about, um, it's not about uh, what level you've already achieved. It's what level are you capable of achieving if you, if you reached your potential as an individual. So how do we fill that gap? I'm hoping one of the gaps is, is this book. I'm hoping that, <laughs> that people can fill uh, their capability gap with this book. Because remember what I said in the very first part of this um, discussion? There's more inside each of us. And that, that kind of lends itself to this capability gap. How do we get it out of ourselves? How do we, how do we close that gap? And that's one of the three gaps that I talk about. Kevin, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I could uh, screw up your sales and uh, do the whole book for everyone, but uh, this book's going to be released in two days on August 10th. Can you tell our listeners, all nearly 100,000 of them, where can they get this book? How, what's the yeah. easiest ways? Yeah. Well, before I do that, I'm going to end it with, and you've, you, you can't tell anybody what this is. There's a two-letter word that is so, so, so powerful. And if this word is used in conjunction with the 25 words, you will then see understand and feel why these 25 words are so important because when you put that two letter word in front of it, it really shines an incredibly bright light on the importance of having power words in your life. So that's the last thought I'll give the people on the book. Maybe that's a teaser. I have no idea. 
so how can you order the book? Uh, there's, 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 well, I guess a couple of ways you can, you can go to your local bookstore and if they don't have it, what I've been told is like, let's say you go to a Barnes and Noble, if they don't have it in stock, they will order it for you. Uh, or the better way is the way that we live this world uh, today. Uh, you can go to Amazon, uh, and, and order it there. It's now, uh, you know, up until August 10, it will be in pre-order mode. Uh, and, or you can go to our website and that would be, uh, you would just, uh, type in kevineastman.net slash book. And that'll take you right to the, to our website. Um, and you can order it directly from the website. So that would be my name, Kevin Eastman dot net slash book. Um, and then I'll, I'll always have some, you know, tweets every now and then on my, uh, Twitter site. And, and as I've, as we've talked, I've thrown out a kind of a lot of bullet points and maybe two, three sentence, uh, thoughts and ideas. That's really what my Twitter is all about. It has nothing to do with telling you where I ate last night or, uh, anything like that. It's, it's all about, uh, Success, teamwork, teamwork, coaching, leadership, uh, and personal advancement. Uh, and that's at Kevin Eastman. So the Twitter handle, I think it's called, is at Kevin Eastman. Yeah, it's a, ter- it's a terrific follow on there. Uh, and coaches love it. Business leaders love it. And I love it. And uh, Kevin, I, you know, first time out on these, it's really, really hard. But uh as you write your second book, I'm going to hold you to what I do with our friend John Gordon in that we've done the last eight podcasts for John Gordon when he releases a book, and he's had eight bestsellers. So I'm superstitious, and I know you are too. So you have oh, to boy. come back when we do our second book. But phenomenal job. Great. I'm so excited for you. And I know all of our leaders in the business and in the basketball sports world, forget basketball, sports world, or parents are going to love this because it is powerful. Thanks, my friend, and good luck. Thanks, Brendan. Tell you what, for all my friends that always text me and say, hey, coach, a little longer on the podcast. I need to get my workout done. You got the workout in today because this was off the charts. Kevin and I could have gone two and a half, three hours, but I wanted to make sure you had a chance to buy the book and read it. Love it. Why the best of the best? Kevin Eastman in stores in two days, order it on Amazon. It's going to be something that you can add to your game to help you get to the next level.